Hey guys, welcome back to the Melbourne Coffee Culture Podcast. I'm Jonathan here in Melbourne, Australia. The, well, allegedly, potentially former coffee capital of the world, but who knows? It's been a very long time. I've, I've had nothing to say. Um, I'm somebody who works in the coffee industry. Um, I've worked with major... Uh, big brands, um, national brands. I've worked with small cafes and everything in between. I've set up cafes, managed cafes, trained baristas, judged coffee awards, um, consulted, bought and sold cafes as a broker. And I'm a coffee fan. I'm a fanatic. I just had a coffee this morning at uh, a place called Kanzen or something, uh, Kisaten. And it is the original apt in uh, Fairfield. So if you're an old coffee person in Melbourne like myself, you will remember the days when uh, the owners of Liar Liar and uh, Top Paddock and Three Bags, they opened a cafe together called A Place to Eat. And this was before Instagram, okay? So this was in, you know, the early to mid-2000s, you know, 2010, when uh, everyone was doing double ristrettos and Five Senses was the biggest kid on the block. And people don't know, they don't remember that, you know, Proud Mary was originally using Proud, Proud Mary was originally using Five Senses. I think they had a, from memory, they had like a one kilogram roaster underground in in the car park. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. I remember having the most amazing long blacks there. Um, a guy called uh, Jamie Thompson who en- ended up going on to St. Ali. Anyway, God, everything's all interbred these days. I couldn't believe it. I went to auction rooms, which was, you know, small batch, and they're serving St. Ali coffee. You know, that's <laughs> absolutely amazing because if you look into the history, yeah, it's an interesting story how coffee has come around. You know, I can't believe it. Have you bought have you bought the coffee from Aldi? It's actually pretty good. And correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, but I, as I've said, it's been very difficult to be in touch with the industry with lockdowns and and COVID. Um obviously things have completely changed and and correct me if I'm wrong, but I I'm pretty sure Veneziano in Abbotsford is roasting for Aldi. Um, tens of thousands of kilos a week. And, you know, it's pretty good stuff. I mean, coming back from where we've come from, uh, where, you know, no one was doing specialty coffee, you know, 15 years ago. No one was using a puck press and an EK grinder and using, you know, refractometry to measure the you know, the solubility of coffee. I mean, maybe Andrea Illy was. I mean, you can listen to his podcast. He's got some incredible science about coffee. But we've come to a day where, you know, in 2012, in 2010, when A Place to Eat was doing, you know, $10,000 days, you, you had to go on Urban Spoon to find a good coffee. You know, you drive to Camberwell to find a good coffee, and then you drive to Ligon Street, Carlton, and maybe you'd find Padre up the north side of Brunswick there and have a good coffee. But now, 
It's amazing. You, you can go anywhere and get a good coffee. Anywhere. I mean, I noticed $3 coffee at the post office. So you got $1 coffee at 7-Eleven. You got $3 coffee at the post office. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying how, how much the industry's changed. And then today, the famous, you know, backup barista service and Troy Ellis there, famous for serving Arnold Schwarzenegger in his cafe, uh, which is gone now, but uh, T. Roy Brown is gone now. But uh, how many cafes have gone? I mean, I'd say three out of five cafes in the CBD have closed. Correct me if I'm wrong. Obviously, we've seen massive establishments like Five and Dime Bagels, you know, in liquidation through no fault of their own. You know, there's a massive change in the industry. There's so much to talk about. And that's one of the reasons for me not, you know, I'm number one, I'm a coffee fanatic. You know, I love coffee. I drink coffee. Um, But number two is I, I have a background in business marketing. I have a management certificate in small business specifically as well as the the bachelor's degree in business and marketing and and I'm just fascinated at the tectonic plates that that are changing. You know, retail has radically changed. And I just want to talk about some trends, the big big trends that I'm seeing. Um as I said, I haven't done a podcast. I've wanted to podcast every week. You know, but there's been so much uncertainty. It's been very difficult to to be prescient and to predict and to encourage and to correct. You know, I want to add value to, to the Melbourne coffee culture. But I want to say, number one, coffee, the love for coffee, the demand for coffee has not changed in Melbourne. It has, if anything, it's increased. We all remember, you know, with our five-kilometre radius and our masks on our face and our papers to go to work, we have all been witnesses to the lines of coffee customers in what we would call my local. My local are the, you know, the residential cafes, the cafes in the corner of the residential area in an old abandoned milk bar or a converted house. These places got us through lockdown and they did really good volume. Unfortunately, they didn't probably do very good sales because there was no food. There was no seating. So instead of spending $22 on my Mexican cousin and a latte, you're just getting a latte for five bucks or four bucks and and that's it. So there's obviously a bit of pressure for the industry during lockdowns, but some cafes were able to continue with takeaway and survive. However, you know, 40, 50, 60% of CBD cafes, those that were in the CBD in an office building, they're gone. I mean, they are gone uh, forever. You know, that could be years before the office city, um, you know, clientele return. Um, There's still potential in the city, but number one, there is absolutely still demand. If you have any information and statistics on on the demand, on the, um, you know, Demand for coffee, retail coffee, uh, that'd be really interesting to hear. Uh, number two is obviously uh, the rental environment is very challenging right now. Landlords have experienced a massive increase in the, you know, on paper capital 
of their properties. So, you know, if you've got a, you know, three, four thousand dollar a week rent for a cafe in Camberwell or Glenferry or Malvern, you know, your building's doubled in price and there's no cafe. There's no cafe that can afford to pay that price tag. So there's there's obviously a gap. Uh, there are lots of landlords that have reduced the rent for their cafes and that's really amazing. There's a whole bunch of government incentives as well, but but long-term sustainability for retail, you know, that's going to be a problem. Uh, we haven't seen the end of that. Uh, the next big trend, obviously, is wages. Uh, Backup Barista today has just bumped up their um, hourly rate for their casual baristas. I believe it's now flip. I think it's like $35, $40, and $50 an hour. Um, depending on whether it's a weekend or a public holiday. Um, Nita Barista has also increased, I think it's $36 an hour is about the cheapest that they pay. Um, and everyone everywhere is looking for staff. And so when you put uh, wage rises and the cost of rent and you also put the increase in milk and you know produce, what we're going to see is a consolidation, unfortunately. We're going to see, you know, the Delaware Norths, the Darling Groups, the hospitality, you know, groups are going to be, you know, buying the, you know, successful, you know, sustainable businesses and starting the successful sustainable businesses. Um, and we're going to see just more consolidation. So, you know, you'll still be able to go and get a wood-fired oven pizza. You'll still be able to go and get a burger. You know, you'll still be able to go and get a, a specialty coffee and, you know, bacon and eggs. But but the barista's going to be earning a lot, lot more money per hour. Um, and it's probably not going to be owned by a guy, you know, or a girl. It's it's going to be owned by a group. You know, that's, that's the trend. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more automation, we're going to see a lot more self-service and we're going to see hybrid cafes. So there are going to be cafes where it's somewhere in between what you would call specialty coffee and somewhere in between what you would call a 7-Eleven coffee. You know, so you're going to be at an airport or a train station or even just in the city and there's going to be, you know, no one there or maybe one staff member and you're going to walk in there, you're going to grab your cup size, 8 ounce, 16 ounce, you're going to grab your coffee or your tea, and you're going to grab your donut or your bagel, and you're going to fill it up yourself, you know. Uh, maybe it's batch brew, maybe it's espresso on a super automatic, maybe it's a barista, um, but it's going to be, you know, no cash, no payment, you know, Amazon Go sort of thing, and, and you're just going to grab your coffee and go, and maybe we'll even see some subscription models there. Finally, look, it's going to be Uber. It's going to be food delivery. People are going to be working from home, and we're going to find that retail is going to become mobile. It really will. Um, you know, as I said, there'll still be some big players. There'll be some locals, uh, local cafes, um, but I think one of the trends you know, is going to be uh, delivery, you know, and, and you, you know, when, when, 
when the internet first started, I remember, you know, buying things online with my credit card and with PayPal and and my parents, you know, mum and dad were so scared to enter their credit card number onto the internet, you know, they thought it was going to eat them alive. And now they, you know, buy everything online, you know, everyone does. You know, I remember when Google Buzz started and, and, uh, and people were just starting to, you know, to advertise online and get a mobile website, you know, so their website was viewable on mobile. And people were saying that, you know, you're not going to be able to survive without a website. I mean, how true has that become for us now? I mean, it's not a, if you didn't have a website during lockdown, you literally didn't exist. So, uh, and I, I th- I'm saying, you know, the same thing now. You are going to be ordering everything online. Just wait. You know, like my parents, if you don't order food, you are going to be ordering food. You are going to be, it's just, it's going to become convenient. It's going to become affordable. It's going to become very commonplace. So, so you're going to be able to order, you know, really specialty food and coffee. And it's going to come down to some really innovative packaging, um, you know, and some really, uh, you know, innovative uh, platforms as well that we're going to see in the future. So really, I've been, to be honest, I've been a little bit apprehensive about uh, doing a podcast because there has been so much change, so much uncertainty. Um, I wasn't sure where Melbourne Specialty Coffee was going uh, in a post-COVID uh, era, but I'm, I'm pleased to say, number one, the demand and the love and the quality is still there. Uh, it has only increased. Number two, we're going to see a consolidation of ownership, unfortunately, over the coming years. And number three, really, is that retail is is going to slowly uh, disappear. It's going to make way for, as I said, the larger players, but it's also going to make way for a lot more home delivery. Now, maybe this maybe this isn't very valuable information to you, but if you if you really understand these trends, um, it'll help you as a business owner. It'll help you as a as a cafe, as a barista, to to know where to look, where where to research, what to do. As I said before, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, put some comments in there, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.